Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. This is Mike Siegel. I want to thank you all for listening. And thanks to all the people that have written in and said nice things. I appreciate that. If you want to write me, uh, you can write me at mike at traveltalespodcast.com. Our main website is traveltalespodcast.com. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter at traveltalespod on Twitter. For those of you who have written in, like I said, I appreciate the kind words. If you know of anybody who would be a great guest and they're in the L.A. area, or maybe you'd be a great guest uh, and you're in the L.A. area in the near future, let me know. Uh, I'm always looking for new people. And uh sound like I said nude people there, but I'm always looking for them too. <laughs> um, little update on my broken foot. Still broken. Still in the cast. I go to the doctor tomorrow, hoping for good news, at least a little walking cast, because crutches are for the birds. If you want to help out the show and you uh, like what you hear, I never ask for money on this. I uh, don't make a dime off it, but I would love to build the audience up. So you can go to iTunes. You can follow us on iTunes there, and you can give us a good rating, and that boosts our presence and helps people find us. So if you can do that, uh, I'd appreciate it. And maybe say a few nice things. Wouldn't kill you, would it? Nah, not at all. All right, I'm going to be brief today. That's it. Enjoy Steve Maison. I'm a traveling man, made a lot of stops all over the world. And in every port, I own a heart at least one. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I am talking to Steve Maison. Steve Maison. Comedian and fellow Northern Illinois University right. alumni. Fellow, fellow Husky for life. Good to have. Well, you're the first uh, fellow Husky I've first talked husky? to. How many okay. others are in this business? There's not that There's many. There's not too many. We know uh, Mike Burton. Mike Burton, uh, Mike, Mike comedian. Sh- Schwartz <laughs> slash Burton. Homer uh, Simpson. Homer Simpson is a... Is Dan yeah. Castellaneta, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the Second Actually, City that's guy. That's right. He was um, the Second City guy. You know who else? Uh, gosh, I'm going to forget her name. I think it's Jane. Okay, wait, give me the... There's a movie called... It was uh, Jeff Bridges Plays the President. Joan and, Allen? Joan Allen, that's it. Yeah, right, right. Joan, Joan Allen. Allen. Husky as well. And also, the, uh, there was a guy, Steve on The Practice, the, a big yes, African-American yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, that's He was, there the he same was t- as well. He was a football player at NIU. Oh, did he play, yeah, play yeah. ball? Steve nice. Harris? Is that his name? Yeah, Maybe? I remember he was on, because I think, yeah, I think that was on right when I was there. And, 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 and that's all we got. And the other thing was, was like, I remember when I was going and I was looking at the communications department. Yeah. And uh, they uh, they always used Robert Zemeckis, uh, the famous alumni. He was there for like a semester. And he was like, I'm out of here. And then he went to USC USC. film. Yeah, Yeah. he's out. But still, the school's like, famous (laughs) alumni. It's like, he hated this place. I actually took a class while I was there uh, on Robert Zemeckis. They kind of tied it in Uh as he was a thing. And, And the... Uh, promise was that he was he would possibly show up at the end of the class <laughs> after you had studied him and all his work that semester. And uh, strangely enough, he, he she did show up. But no, I did. Was, I was not there for that class. I was I actually uh, was here in California. I, I had had a little trip planned and, and missed the week that that he showed up and talked to the class. Wow, he actually showed he up. He did show up. Yeah, I had no idea. So yeah, it was it was crazy. So he I guess he at least acknowledges he was there for a semester. Boy, he didn't show up when I was there, <laughs> and we could have used him. That's when he could have been used. Could've used one contact. <laughs> so um, you 
are from Chicago. What part of Chicago? Uh, northwest suburbs, like the uh, Hanover Park is the Hanover little, Park, little town, okay, kind of near Elginish, right? Um, so yeah, grew up there, and my family still is all back in that area. Okay, now I started comedy around 1990, but you started start in San Francisco. Till, yeah, you... I actually started in San Francisco. So I, I moved. I went to Northern, and then when I graduated, my sister was living out in the Bay Area. Kind of wanted to be close to her. I moved out there, and within three months, she moved back to Chicago. Oh, really? <laughs> so I, I asked myself, all right, you can either go back or you can uh, – I always wanted to try comedy, and uh, luckily enough, San Francisco is a great comedy town, so got started there, and, uh, and the rest is history, and then moved down here to L.A. I had to think starting in uh, San Francisco was probably about the same as starting in Chicago. There's probably like a good supportive live scene yes. there. Yeah. You can suck. But it doesn't matter. You need a right. place to suck. Exactly. Yeah. You're. Uh, it, w- it was nice because you're close enough. If you wanted to pop down and be seen in L.A. every once in a while, someone would pop out and pop up there and and you know audition people. Uh, but yeah, you were allowed to to fail a lot more. I think I I talked to people who started here, like in L.A. and I think oh, that'd be scary, brutal. right? Cause yeah. First impression. I mean, people got to remember that all the time, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and there's no stage time. You know, it's, yeah. it's just getting stage time is hard enough, right? And because you're competing against everyone that's come here. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and and it's the opposite of supportive. Yeah, well, that's yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah, like in Chicago, if somebody got a break. We were happy for him. You're right. like, okay, maybe they'll come back for more Chicago yeah, people. They'll see me. But yeah, but here it's like, here well, it's he like... sucks. <laughs> Why does he get it? And that was your break. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you, you really believe that, yeah, well, that was what I was working towards, and now he's got it. Or she. So Hanover Park. Let's Hanover go way Park. back. Way, way back. What is that near? Is that What, what other towns is that uh, near? Schaumburg. Schaumburg. Okay. Schaumburg, which is yeah, Vegas. Home, of, home of the... Uh, home of the big mall. Home of the big mall, and now the Chicago Improv, which is actually located in Schaumburg. Oh, right, right, uh, right. But they call it the Chicago Improv. Uh, so, yeah, the big Woodfield Mall. Yes. Uh, is, Do you is, grow up on the wrong side of the mall? Uh, it wasn't the good side <laughs> of the mall, but yeah, it was the, the cheap store side. Uh, Let's think about going to Northern. I knew somebody from every suburb. That's you know, true, yeah. You'll know somebody from every suburb and i knew a lot of people from schaumburg yeah schaumburg's so huge it's a yeah it's a big town and uh yeah it, you know nice it, it's grown i think at one point they were predicting it was going to be you know like the next dallas you know because so many you <laughs> right. know companies were like setting up shop there right. but that's naperville now. motorola yeah now naperville's kind of <laughs> taking that thing you're right but i remember when we were going to school it was like going to DeKalb. that was like the country yeah it, and it, now you drive out on 88 and it's like another suburb it's yeah, crazy how it's much exactly is there. it really is i mean if you go I it think was the sticks yards, in the 80s it's crazy. If fifty years from now, I think it'll all be that'll all be Chicago, right? It'll right. Just be one big. We could have uh, bought that pig farm. We should have smelled it. on There's the way to school. Time, <laughs> it'll <laughs> be a mall. Investment. So, did your family travel much when you were a kid? Uh, I think we did the Midwest travel mostly uh, as a kid. You know, we went up from uh, the Dells. Did you Dells go up to the Dells? Was the big thing, the sure, Orlando Wisconsin of the Midwest. Dells. Yeah. <laughs> so we did that. Uh, we did make a couple trips to Orlando uh, as well. I remember a big uh, uh, family trip. Uh, like a fishing trip to Arkansas one time uh, <laughs> that my mom hated, and you know my my dad had led that. Um, but those seemed the big three. That's those are the ones I always remember as a kid uh, traveling. So it, it seemed to be Wisconsin, Florida, or Arkansas were the were the places we did. Right, but all in the car, never flying. All, all in the car, yeah. It was all, all all car. When was your first flight? Do you remember it? I think one year my, uh, something happened where we, we switched it up, and my dad couldn't go with us to Florida. So him and my brother went on a fishing trip, and I think I was probably nine, and my mom and I flew to Florida instead. So that was what, the first time I got on a flight. That's where uh, my first flight was to Fort Lauderdale. Oh, really? From Chicago. Yeah, yeah. And 
Didn't you think like that, uh, this was amazing? It's like, wait a minute, this takes a day. I, you know, this seems it, it seems crazy. And I guess as a kid, you know, you have the toys and stuff, and you see see things on TV. Uh, <laughs> and again, this is this is the late seventies, early eighties, and. I remember being afraid. When I look back now, this seems so crazy at the age of nine to still be afraid. I was afraid that the plane might go upside down. Upside down? Upside down. I remember asking my mom, like, do you, can we go on one that doesn't go upside down? <laughs> like, and I, you I, realize I you're think, not on a jet fighter. <laughs> I think I saw too many uh, old, like, barnstorming yeah, movies. Top or Gun. Something, like Top Gun and all these kind of things. Uh, and... Yeah, for some reason. And again, now I look back and I'm like, I think I could see a four or five year old thinking that, but I was like nine <laughs> and still thought that there might be a chance that these, I don't know what movies I was seeing. I probably right. saw like Airplane and, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, all these disaster movies that were out about that time. So I think that was scaring me. God, it'd be great if it was Airplane. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> that would be That's fun. the way to go down. <laughs> go, go down with some laughs and slaps. And... So did, when was the first time you left the country? The first time, I, so yeah, never, never, ever left the country when I was a kid. Not even to to Canada or Mexico. Or yeah, me like either. That. Me either. And it, it seems crazy. In fact, I just for the first time, I still haven't been to Canada. For Come on, the, just finally went to Mexico maybe three years ago. <laughs> really? Yeah. So, but I had been around the rest of the world, seen you know uh, mm-hmm. like three other continents and everything. Uh, I joined the Navy at eighteen, and that that's kind of when I, I kind of started seeing the world. So, join the Navy, year. see the world. That's, that's what it. they say, so that, and, and it worked. So, yeah, I got to see a lot of like uh, the Caribbean, got to see a lot of Europe um, during that time, and uh, yeah. So the the very first time, I think the first time overseas. Europe was, yeah, I was probably 20, and uh, I think the Caribbean 19 or so, yeah, when we kind of went down that area. So you joined the Navy at 18, Mm -hmm. and uh, was this because, was your family like a Navy family? No, no, yeah, well, my dad had been in the Coast Guard, but, you know, uh, I, I was scheduled, I was actually supposed to go to Western Illinois. Oh, that's where my brother went. Yeah, I was, I was going to be going there, and I had a job for the summer that had been set up for like four summers in a row, it would completely pay for, for my school. So it was all set up, and at the last second, it fell through. Oh. Like right after I graduated, that, that job fell through, and so I was sitting there that summer, uh, and I was like, well, I guess I could get student loans and stuff like that. But uh, just seeing my my parents like you know struggle with money and stuff, I was like, I don't, I don't want to have all that stuff over my head. And I had had a friend who, who had joined the Navy, and I was like, all right, well, I, I, you know, I guess at 18, I didn't really know what I wanted to do right. anyways. I thought I did. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I went to the Navy and, and figured I'd come back and have my school paid for. And, and that is what happened. So why uh, the Navy more than say the army or I think some... the travel, I think that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. You know, everyone I had talked to, uh, you know, the army, they, they, even if they go to Germany, that's where they go and they stay there. Mm-hmm. They're there for four years or, uh, you know, if you get stationed in the United States in Texas, that's where you are for four years. Right. But everyone in the Navy travels, like even if you, even if you're, you know, on shore duty, you know, there, there's some travel involved. So, the, you know, I figured, well, that's a great way to spend the spend the four years. See, I get seasick. That's a, I don't think it's my branch of, uh, of service. <laughs> if I was going to pick one, that was probably the last one. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're smart. If yeah, that or yeah. the Coast Guard would be bad for for that. You know what? I ran into so many people in the Navy in boot camp that didn't even know how to swim. Like, oh. there was a whole two weeks where they taught people who didn't know how to swim. And that would seem like seasick is, is one thing. Because I got seasick a lot. I actually have a bunch of stories when I was in the Navy of getting seasick. And, uh, <laughs> Give me the worst one. Well, all right. Here's the here's, I haven't told you this part yet. I ended up being on a, a submarine. Oh, a that's submarine. my worst nightmare. <laughs> so I was just going to say, if so you're you seasick, seasick bad, and claustrophobic, and claustrophobic, it's bad. The claustrophobia wasn't too bad. Uh, 
It, because, you know, you, you always imagine like Das Boot, you know, yes. just like one long hallway and people sleeping on top. It, it, it's much wider space than that. I mean, the, you know. Uh, but still. It, it is still small, but. You're in a tube under the water. You're in a tube water. under the water, exactly. Uh, but the, the, you can kind of spread out. There's a there's a TV room. There's a big, you know, rec room. You can work out. There, there's things like that. It's much, much better than the old Das Boot, right. boot day. So. But no women. No, definitely no women. Uh, so that part, that's, see, that's worse than the claustrophobia yeah, for me. Sure. No women. Just <laughs> yeah. the ones in the Playboys that we would right. know, uh, share around. Well, how long ago, well, how long were you in this submarine? So most of the, I actually spent five years in the Navy and four of it was on the submarine. Oh, so, my God. Um, so, you know, we would come in the whole time wasn't on the submarine. I would get to go off and yeah, <laughs> go yeah, see yeah. things. But yeah, uh, spent living uh, off of the sub kind of thing. And so uh, the great thing about it is, is one of those gets knocked out. The, no seasickness once you go underwater. Oh. Once you go underwater, on the the tides sun, it's don't... completely yeah, right, it's completely right, right. still. You wouldn't know you're even moving. It's like it's scuba so diving. Still. I right, never, exactly. I never yeah, have a problem scuba thing. diving until I'm on oh, the that boat. Makes sense, yeah. Or if you're up, <laughs> yeah. Whenever, the, whenever we're on the boat and just you're feeling sick, you just get the in the water, get in, yeah. go under. It's like let and me get under. Good. Yeah. So, so, so same thing, and then, uh, but yeah, there was one time we we had to come up. If, if you came up close to the surface, stick the periscope up, like to get radio transmissions or to look around. One time we came up, and it, it was just really like they was throwing the boat all the way. When you're up on top, it, then a submarine's the worst thing to be in because it doesn't have kind of a pointy front to cut through things. Oh, it's, it's right. Basically, just a round tube. So it tosses. So it really gets thrown all over the place. So we came up one time, and uh, I was actually on watch, so I was supposed to be like professional and that kind of thing. But I had basically a deck plate lift, uh, lifted up and was just, you know, throwing up for about a half hour straight. <laughs> and the captain of the boat actually came and came in and saw me throwing up. And, oh. uh, you know, he kind of gave me like a, you know, a little knowing nod, like, okay, just, you know, make sure you, you still get your watch stuff done. But I'm queasy uh, thinking it about was, it. Yeah, it was, it wasn't, wasn't bad. I, I remember having a lot of orange soda, like a, oh. eight hours before, and that's that was the complete color of the throw up, and I no. can't I can't even see Fanta anymore without thinking of it. That is the worst. <laughs> Sorry that, to ruin Fanta. That is for my everyone. yeah. God, that's my nightmare. <laughs> I'm trying to picture being down there, but you couldn't have been the only one getting. Sick. No, no, no. In fact, okay. yeah. Basically, yeah. Once it gets like that, there's there's plenty of people who it has no effect on, but yeah. Uh, you look around. There's other people in the same. In the same boat, no. But pun still, intended. they got. This, yeah, <laughs> still, they got to bust your balls, though, right? Yeah, I mean, of course. Yeah, yeah right. Anyone, it's really embarrassing. It doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> and of course, the, the the biggest people are the people that got sick themselves, but you didn't see them get sick. Yeah, and they saw you get sick. Yeah, they love to. That's the best if they can bust your balls and rub it in, <laughs> even though you know you, you don't have evidence on them, and but you suspect. So, did you ever come across any kind of combat situation? Or? Yeah, one time we were actually uh, no more uh, problems with uh, Libya anymore. Well, hopefully, but yeah, at, knock at that on point, whatever. they had yeah they had uh, bought a um, um, a navy ship from I think the Russians, and they Probably. were out testing yeah. it, and uh, so they sent us over there to uh, you know watch their tests of it, and I guess they assumed the Libyans assumed that we would be doing something like that. So they were just randomly dropping depth charges out in this bay that we were following them in. And so it, it did feel like Das Boot then. I mean, just depth charges and everything shaking. And none of them really came incredibly close to hitting us. We kept a safe distance. But uh, it, it was pretty scary just hearing the rumblings and everything shaking and falling off. And Wow. Uh, you know, had you know there were other ships that they had out there, too, that were dropping stuff. And, uh, yeah, it, it was the most I, I ever felt like uh, something could happen. And we, we, it was during the, 
you know, I was in during the first Gulf War as well. Yeah, so uh, Desert there Storm, was some, yeah, Desert Storm. So there was action there, but so you that, were in the Persian Gulf, yeah. So wow. the, but that stuff, it was all we we shot a couple missiles, but it was, I mean, there was no danger there because. Uh, uh, you know, Iraq didn't have a navy or anything like that, yeah. so we were just <laughs> off. We were on the beach shooting inward, and that was it. Well, that can be a whole other show because I mean, the navy they say in this country, mm-hmm. not to get too political, but yeah. it, our navy is bigger than the next like ten country yeah, navies combined. combined. Yeah, it's crazy huge. It, yeah, it's nuts. It, I mean, you know, when you see it, yeah, you really we don't need. Five branches of service, four or five. You know, yeah. if you include the Coast Guard, I mean, any one of them on their own right. can get the job done. So we're 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 pretty safe, I think. And that listen, I'm I'm not too political either, but uh, I saw a lot of waste and you know mm-hmm. the things going on. I mean, there's again, we're we're set. And we're pretty. These people are like, oh my god, how are we going to defend ourselves? We'll be fine. Yeah, we, we, we've got plenty. <laughs> if we didn't buy another thing for the next twenty years, we'd yeah. still be the most advanced. Most powerful Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines. You know, yeah, it, it's crazy, but it's good business. To, it is. It's great business uh, to get in that it, business, it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, it keeps people employed. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're on the uh, you're in the sub for how many times? Uh, like a a month at a time? A yeah, usually at a... the longest we ever spent out at sea and underwater was seven weeks. But seven usually, weeks. usually oh. it was a, a week at a time to get somewhere and that kind of thing. And uh, so you pull into shore. Yeah, we pull into shore. A lot of times we pull our big place in uh, Europe that we would go to was uh, we pull into Naples. Oh, and uh, nice. we spend about a week there. It was crazy when I was in for whatever reason, and I've been back to Naples since on my own for comedy, uh, actually. Um, but at that point. The rumor was that Naples was the they used to call it the armpit of Italy, like that it yeah, was. I just read an article, a Vanity Fair, had a huge article about it. It's oh, like, really? It's like the drug uh, capital of Italy. Drug and, capital, and I, I know they've had a lot of problems, like just the, the trash removal and yeah. that kind of thing. And so uh, there's all these mafia clans that yeah. run the city, and it's really corrupt and horrible. It, so it's crazy, and there are some really crappy parts, but. There are parts where you're like, oh my god, this is one of the most beautiful cities. Yeah, it's still Italy in the world. It's still it's still Italy. But so when I was in the Navy part of it, we we wouldn't spend much time there. Like if we were in Naples, our whole thing was to get out of Naples. We we would take a bus to you know Sorrento or Amalfi or, yeah. or Rome, and uh, uh, you know then one time I on one of the trips did like uh, bought a Eurorail pass and went around like you know Germany and Austria and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I didn't spend much time in Naples until I went back later, and that's kind of when I actually discovered how beautiful the beautiful parts of it. So when you come off the ship or mm-hmm. the the boat or whatever, yeah. um, boat always, is the correct term. boat. Is yeah. it boat? Boat. Yeah, There's, not a I'm sub. Not picky we about can't it, say sub. Yeah, you can say sub or boat, but yeah, they, ship they, is they, wrong. Ship is wrong. They consider ships uh, the things on the surface, and we call them targets. That was our <laughs> thing because <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but, but they call it a battleship, though, right? Uh, or is that an old term? No, yeah, that's an old term. Battleship, yeah, would be the the surface or a bad movie. <laughs> it's the, either one you can use Battleship for, <laughs> or a great game. You weren't in Battleship, or, or fan, you like no, I should wow. ask first. Well, now that you ask, <laughs> I just insulted oh. you. <laughs> Blew our opening weekend. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> We're taking because I've been, you know, I've been to like New York, and you yeah. see these guys on shore leave, and all yeah. these guys, but. Are you required to wear the outfit the no, whole time? No. Uh, there, there is a time when you first got out of boot camp that you're required to wear the outfit. I think maybe the first year you're in the Navy. I think they've even relaxed that, especially uh, since you know the anti-American uh, overseas. They, they, well, there's they always been that, though. There's always been that. But for some reason, 
the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, they're they're very slow to react to things for whatever reason. They, right. they keep their... can't believe everybody doesn't like us. Right, exactly. They don't, they don't with, realize. With our big guns and uniforms <laughs> why, walking why, around why, their why, country. Why are they welcoming us? <laughs> yeah. But I think some people do choose to wear it because I think they think it gets them uh, more uh, women or yeah, free drinks. attention. Definitely free drinks. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, if, I, if I'm in the airport and I see, yeah, a guy in uniform, I'll, you know, I'll buy him a drink if he's, you know... If he's near the bar and he's open to it, so I think yeah, that that does work. But it, you know, I think it's a little different for the Navy guys because you know you see these guys in the camouflage or you know the the Marine suits and that kind of. Anytime you see depiction of someone in the Navy in, in the movies or a music video, they're always drinking and they're always yeah. probably drunk or in the gutter or something like that. <laughs> and in that white suit, in with that the, white suit, with the neckerchief. It, yeah, it's it's all tousled and not tied right, <laughs> and you know, unshaven, and the 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 hat's crooked right. over his one it's the eye. The last detail, exactly. That's exactly it. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you ever come into any uh, anti-American stuff on shore? Not really. Not really. Um, you know, I saw some – I've done a bunch of tours as a comic now, uh, you know, touring and, and doing military mm-hmm. bases and going to Iraq and Afghanistan uh, to do shows. Uh, but And I do remember in Japan, which is, is, is crazy, in Japan, you know, just outside of the, the base, there's plenty of places that say no Americans. They just don't want Americans uh, you wow. know, because the, the military guys, I'm sure, get drunk because they're happy yeah. when they're off work and you know do a little damage. So there's a lot of places that say that, uh, no Americans. So that, that's about the most of it. I've never – you know, and we maybe tried to go in one place and they, were, they, they kind of waved us off. But uh, yeah. that was the extent of it. You know. I was and, just and the, I guess I understand a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just in the Philippines and you know, there's a huge yeah. Navy presence there, of course. Of course yeah. But um, – yeah, I mean, it was after traveling through Asia for two months, and I kind of ended up at the Philippines. It was yeah. one of my last stops. It was nice to get to a country that they actually liked America. Right, that they were happy. <laughs> they were like, oh, we, we love America. And yeah, it was like I went to the Obama Grill <laughs> on the beach in Boracay. There's a restaurant, the Obama Grill. It had his logo there. And I was like, four years ago, was this the Bush Grill? <laughs> they just keep changing. Yeah, they keep yeah. whatever They're it is. It was the, the Nixon Grill back in 72. <laughs> they got the sign waiting to change <laughs> yeah. each election day. Who's yeah. it going to be? Yeah, but it was just a really, you know, after having been to, you know, I went to Vietnam. Yeah. Where we lost and having right, to see right. like all the propaganda. Was there? Was there? How how do they accept Americans? They there? didn't. They didn't care. But yeah. but but uh, I never came across any any problems or yeah. anything like that. But um, you notice it, you know, because it's the only real country where we, you know we lost. Yeah, yeah. And um, so you would go to the war museum, <laughs> and uh, it says all the uh, you know American atrocities. Right, right. You know, all the Agent Orange, which is tough to take, and you just kind of yep. stand in the back, like yeah. you know, sorry. Yeah, and I toured like this um, in Hue, the Citadel, the famous yeah. Citadel in Hue, and it's like, well, this is wh- it's all. There's nothing left. It was right. all, this was um, destroyed in the uh, Tet War in '68 by the Americans, and I'm in the back. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> if you can imagine a big, beautiful wooden palace, uh, yeah, that burned in '68. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. Have you been to in Japan? You know they have the the Hiroshima. I haven't been to Nagasaki. Hiroshima. Yeah, so I went there. My uh, my brother in law is Japanese. Okay. And so my my sister's family eventually lived in uh, Kobe for a while. So I, we went over to Japan and visited there, and then we went down to Hiroshima, and they have the museum there about it. And it's the same way, you're like, oh my yeah. god, like you, you feel weird being in the museum as a as an American. Yeah. Um, now, like I, I think of the military, and I see these guys going off. You see. You see him getting shipped out and coming back home yeah. in the uh, in the airports and everything else, and they're just kids. I mean, yeah. they're 18, Crazy. 19 years old. 
when you look back at yourself and you you know picture yourself coming off that boat and into a new yeah. country, what were your first impressions uh, of being out of the country for the first time? And you know, the, the very first place we went was in the Caribbean. We went to uh, Saint Croix and then Puerto Rico. And have you been to Puerto Rico? I have not. Puerto Rico's beautiful, mm-hmm. and there's the whole kind of touristy side of the island, but the naval base is on the other side. And so we pulled in there, and then you had to drive across, and it's maybe like a 40-minute drive to the, to the kind of touristy area, the, beauty, the nightlife. To the and nice beaches. Kind of and, and so, it's, yeah, it's all beautiful, but as you drove across, I remember thinking that was the first time it, it really hit me how lucky we are in America. And again, Puerto Rico's not that right. far from us. We're actually, how poor it is. They're kind of you know, our adopted you know, uh, friends. Wait, so but you, how poor, it was oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you, say, you just look off, and you see these houses, and uh, literally people using wells and not, you know, shacks. Now we're shacks. shacks and yeah. And, and yeah. walking, there's not cars and it's, uh, it's a third world country. And again, that's, we consider Puerto Rico. That's our, that's where we go to party and have fun. Yeah. And, uh, again, we've, we've pumped a lot of money in there. Uh, and, and it, it's still that kind of thing. So you, you just realize, yeah, I remember that was the, the first time I realized, wow, how lucky I was to be born in America. And, and the Dominican on the other side yeah. of it is even worse. Yeah. Right. It's even right. poorer. Yeah. And the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere is Haiti, which is right there. Right. Which is, you know, got to be God awful. I talked to somebody who just did yeah. some charity work down there. And that's like, me you too. Yeah. You wouldn't believe it. Yeah. It's, that's, it's horrendous. It's, it's ridiculous. And yeah, you, it's, it's an eye opener. It's, it's some perspective. You know? Yeah. When, when people, you know, uh, sometimes my wife, she hasn't traveled as much as I have. And, you know, she'll be like, you know, like I said, oh, I, I, I something about America. Like I, I wanted to get a flag for our house. We just moved or something for when it's Fourth of July and that kind of thing. And she's like, eh, do we really need to? And I, I'm like, you don't realize how lucky we are, yeah. you know, uh, to be born here. You know, whatever problems you ha- you have with it, and I get all the problems, and you want to fix those. But God, you just the luck of being born here because you, you see these places you could have been born and and. There's just no opportunity. You could you could never have been. I want to be a comedian. If you're born, yeah, these, yeah. You know, you would never. What the hell's a comedian? You know, what, I want some water. Yeah. I, I never get tired of being able to turn on the tap <laughs> exactly. and drink out of it. Yeah. You know, and that's the first thing I do. I, I've told people this many times. When I get back into the U.S., when I land yeah. at the airport, I go right to the water fountain. Yep. And drank it. I did just three months when I wasn't able to do that. Right. We you know, even, I couldn't yeah. even drink out of the fountain. Europe, unless I was in Germany or something. Right. You know, but. Yeah, in Asia, forget it. You yeah. can't do that. Yeah. It's crazy how much of the world is still like that. And again, those are the large parts. Yeah, yeah I remember of Europe that you walk into the bed, you're like, this is the bathroom? Like, oh my God, Lord, <laughs> where do I, you know, you, you, you kind of crap and pee in the same, you know, ditch almost, like yeah. a thing. And this is, it's at a nice restaurant, you know. Uh, yeah, it's, we're, we're very spoiled and, uh, you know. Tell me about the Middle East when you went there. What did you see there? What yeah, did- it reminds me a lot of uh, Arizona. <laughs> really brown <laughs> really brown if very yeah if someone had just dropped me there and told me that that's what it that's what it looks like so did you hang out in was it kuwait is our yeah uh, there? Well, kuwait and then we went into yeah you fly into kuwait and then from there uh go into iraq or afghanistan and uh so yeah i've been to both places uh the two things that always struck me afghanistan um you know very very much like uh, Arizona and just do kind of what you'd expect i mean very mountainous and uh, they're kicking the mexicans you know, out right exactly the same thing <laughs> for some reason they're building they're a wall island. they're building a big wall because of mexicans and sergeant lopez yeah, what are the huh? odds there yeah. <laughs> but i remember the the one thing i was always surprised about uh in iraq is is baghdad and listen it's it's completely you know somewhat bombed out and that kind of thing but 
it's kind of a beautiful city. It's, it's, it's huge, amazing, right? Yeah, it's very big and very uh, uh, ornate. I mean, very. It's incredible the buildings and and you know, uh, as you get closer, they're not as built like the Taj Mahal. But I'm saying that it's all that kind of beautiful mm-hmm. style where you could see if if it was thriving and you know maybe it was at one and point. It was. It used to be. Yeah. Um, it would almost be a destination, like you know, the, like they're kind of making you know oh, yeah. Dubai now. Like the, it's it's so beautiful and fountains everywhere and these gorgeous uh, you know little uh, centers and everything that people could gather in. Really nice and obviously now that's all been yeah. bombed out. And uh, all these places like Beirut, they it was the yeah. Paris of the Mediterranean, right, right? You know, at one point, and then you know the seventies happened. Exactly, and that's that's <laughs> one of those things. I think, yeah, as Americans, we. Uh, again, I would have never known that about Beirut until I, mm-hmm. you know, kind of someone described it like, "Oh, it used to be the Paris of uh, this," uh, because the only time you would hear Beirut is others oh, fighting, and then they would show it, and it's you know, there's there's wreckage, and you know, uh, cars turned over, and you think, "Well, that that place is a hellhole." Well, no, mm-hmm. it's actually really beautiful if they didn't have all this strife going on. Right. So, were there certain cities that uh, the Navy guys really looked forward to? Like they said, "Okay, we're going to get to." Yeah, where- yeah this is crazy. Uh, I love the the travel, of course, the culture and the thing. But the two places that uh, guys always said, or three, I actually I got uh, Philippines was one of them. Yeah. Everyone has always said the Philippines, and I think that was the uh, that the uh, sin part the, of it. The yeah. sin part of it, as w- the, all three places, I think, uh, were the sin part of it. Thailand uh, did not make it to Philippines. Actually, Thailand, no one ever mentioned. I don't know if the Navy didn't pull in there or why that would be. Hmm. They, they must have something. They go, but Philippines was one. Um, there was a place in Canada in. Uh, I think like Nova Scotia or something they were pulling. I can't think of the name of Halifax? it. Halifax. Halifax. It's Halifax. They supposedly that was a big party town and like they're like everyone gets drunk and everyone gets late and when you go. Well, uh, it is we Canada. We never made there. And so I guess the Canadians and the other one uh Australia. Anywhere in Australia. Oh, yeah. Yeah. People would be like uh, supposedly the and I've been to Australia since, and listen, we have the you know the crocodile Dundee yeah. uh, understanding of uh, of Australian men. Uh but I think there's some truth to that because the rumor was when I was in the Navy that the Australian women would be so happy when the Americans pulled in because the Americans would come in and treat them nice and buy yeah. them things. I have heard this nice. from Australian yes. women. And the the, uh, the opposite is true. Australian men are very, you know, gruff and macho. Yeah, and, brutish and, and, and they don't. Brutish and, yeah, so they don't, uh, you know, they're not as doting as, as, as the men, <laughs> especially guys who just come in on it and they're looking to spend some and money. And are really appreciative to and, see women. To see women, and yeah. yeah. So supposedly uh, Australia is one of those places when – when the ship pulled in, there would be hundreds of Australian women on the on the pier. That's a nice waiting. gig. Yeah. So, but I never made it. Never made it to any of those three places when I was in the navy. Did you see a lot of? And this is not really travel related, but yeah. I've seen this out of uh, a lot of military guys. These yeah. kids are like eighteen, nineteen, and right before they ship out, they marry their girlfriends back home. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's <laughs> and then wonder why the divorce rate. <laughs> like what happened? Seven years later, the divorce rate is so high. You know what? I think there's there's it's two prong. One so the, because there's certain benefits they get. That's I was something? just going to say. One is there there's a little loneliness and and you know wow I'm I'm leaving and I want to have someone that's going to write me while I'm gone and that kind of stuff. But I think the other one is the benefits. It almost goes with the. Um, you know, the gay marriage thing that's happening now because I think a lot of these guys were marrying people just for the benefits because all yeah. of a sudden your your pay would go up, uh, you would get different housing, all this if you, if you were married. You can live off base or something mm-hmm. like that. Yep, you're allowed to live off base. You got a lot more uh, uh, leeway if, if you were under that bracket. And, you know, the, when you go in, in the service, when you're in the lower ranks, you're, you're making nothing. I mean, you really got to – that's why you have to, you know, live on a sub and eat there every day <laughs> because you have no money. 
so it made I see why it made a lot of sense for for people to do that. Is there a height requirement in the sub? Like you can't be over a certain. No, height? there were some tall people uh, on the sub. Uh, David Robinson, were you there? David Robinson, you no, know, that was it was that time. But yeah, I never <laughs> ran it and never crossed paths with them. Uh, they used to say, I remember they used to say there was a height requirement to be in the Coast Guard. And it's not true, but it was a joke that you had to be six foot. That way, if your if your boat sank, you could just walk back to shore. Like if they never went out that far, that was a little Navy versus Coast Guard uh, feud. But yeah, no, we had some. There was a guy like six five on our our uh, boat, and yeah, he was always hitting his head oh, and stuff. And what a yeah, nightmare. I mean, it, even when he wasn't hitting his head, he just hunched over basically the whole time. Sure, it ruined his posture, you know, <laughs> yeah. for the rest of his life to be, you know. So, how does the Navy look at the Coast Guard? How do you, I mean? Are the like you? I think you know. Give like, shit. Yeah, I think I think it's one of those. Uh, really, they respect each other, but half half the thing with the services is just how much shit can you give the other guys yeah. in the service. Like even when we, I go back for the the comedy shows, that's the parts of the show they they love the most is when you pick on the them Coast Guard, or one of the other branches, or the National yeah, Guard, they go, right? All that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, now the National Guard included. Um, so yeah, they. Uh, they love that, but I think yeah, it's it's underlying like a, a respect for it as well. I don't think there's really any uh, true animosity. Yeah. We're all on uh, the same team. Yeah, much. exactly. And you know, there's a, there's so much crossover. You know what I mean? Like the Marines end up riding Navy ships everywhere. Uh, you know, Army guys same way are flying over on on Marine airplanes. You know, all that right. kind of stuff. So the, there's a lot of crossover. So you did your full four years. Do my four years, and then I and then I came back and uh, took, went to Northern. Took uh, my GI Bill to Northern Illinois, so uh, I spent uh, four years as a Husky and do, entered the communications program and broadcasting <laughs> oh, there. Boy. And uh, did you work at the uh, the radio station? Yeah, I did. There? I worked at the oh, yeah, actually oh, not the, the TV, radio station. TV station. Yeah, I did that too. Yeah, I worked at the TV station. I have there's a tape I have somewhere of me screwing up. I was a sports guy. Oh, and uh, see, I didn't do the news. I, oh, I was in the back. Do... I was in the back changing like loading tapes. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. And I I would do the broadcast. It was oh god, yeah. it was like a job in my senior year. Yeah, yeah. But I never went on camera doing stuff. I went. To, I went on camera uh, one time, and it was a, a big disaster. Uh, <laughs> there were there was this girl who I'm sure went on to be a very very great uh, news anchor somewhere at some station, you know, in uh, Peoria or Norfolk <laughs> or something like that. I don't think she was going to go to the top, but she was she was exactly. Like from seeing like broadcast news or whatever, what you'd right, expect yeah. from the girl anchor. She was just very snooty and that kind of thing. And this was at, at college. You know yeah, what I mean? We were nothing. We were nothing. You realize we were, we're doing, all making nothing here. We're, 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 we're making nothing. And yeah, you, you can be helpful. But I remember her having a lot of attitude. And I went out and she was sitting next to me. And uh, everything got last second. They're like, just go off the. I had written the thing, but they're like, go off the teleprompter. But they gave me notes as well. And. Uh, uh, they're like, everything will be fine. And the teleprompter got screwed up. And Always, so I, yeah. I started looking through my notes and they were out of order. And uh, <laughs> the girl's kind of getting mad at me. And she's kind of, you know, like not yelling at me, but she's like, she's trying to fix the notes, but she's putting them in a different order than I. And it was, it was just like 30 seconds of awkwardness. And I was on TV. Tell me you, you know, have that tape. I do have that tape oh, somewhere, but I, yeah, oh, I, that's it's gorgeous. one of those, that's gold. I would have to be super famous to share it, <laughs> you know, to be where, <laughs> where, where I could handle the ego check of it. Right, right, know? right. Oh, that'd be hilarious. Yeah, I know. I found some when I moved last time. I found some old, like three quarter inch tape. Yeah, from from college, and it was like a um, like a senior project I did where we had to do like a mock Letterman show. Almost, you know, I did like something like that, or you know, a project. Oh my god, it was horrendous. 
and a video project that my friend did. It was like Christmas in DeKalb, and I hosted it with another girl, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. who's probably gone on to like you know again working in Phoenix at the uh, local That's affiliate a, yeah. or something. I think we had to do the same same kind of thing. Like oh. yeah, produce a, a, a whole little show. I was wearing some horrible <laughs> right, pink sweater yeah. or something. It was it was it was, it was a nightmare. <laughs> So you get out, you do, uh, you start doing comedy in San Francisco. Start, yeah, start up there, and I spent about, uh, yeah, I guess five years in San Francisco before I moved down here. And that, you know, San Francisco is another fantastic city. Growing up in the Midwest, you know, uh, yeah. Chicago, you know, all I knew is San Francisco is the Forty ers yeah, right? and and everyone, pictures of the bridge, exactly, and everyone's, you know, and you mentioned San Francisco, a bunch of fags, yeah. that's what everyone would say. And then you, I realize you go there, and you're like. I think San Francisco wants people to think this because Keeps then they them away. won't come here. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it is – it may be – I've traveled, like I said, all over the world. It may be one of the greatest cities. I mean it – It is gorgeous. It is. Listen, New York and Chicago, L.A., fantastic. Those are great American cities, but there's something international about San Francisco. It's a worldly city. It's well, fantastic. Well, I just uh, had lunch with a girl from France who was in town yeah. uh, visiting, and she was going to go up to San Francisco as well. Uh, from here, but I always tell people when I'm overseas, they ask me, "We're going to go to the West Coast. Uh, where should we go?" Yeah, and I always tell them, "Should we go to L.A.? Should we go to?" I always tell, them, "Go to San Francisco." San Francisco, even yeah. though I live in L.A. Yeah, because nine times out of ten, they tend to they like it better. Yeah. than here, L.A. is hard as a tourist. You got to get a car. Yes, yeah. which they hate. Right. Um, it's really spread out. Mm-hmm. It's not as pretty. No, as no, San no. Francisco. There's, it's really pretty, not attractive. There's pretty parts, but you can't. Yeah. see. It, it's not like. Uh, San Francisco, it's a city of landmarks. Yeah, I mean, it's, every it's direction you look, there's something. You're like, oh, my God, the Koi Tower. Oh, my God, the gate. You know, oh, my <laughs> yeah. God, the Bay Bridge. Oh, my God, the Transamerica Building. Oh, my God, Twin Peaks. Every single cars. area, we can, everywhere. The cable cars. We Here, you would have to drive an hour to get to any yeah. one of those those things. So I always it's, tell them, yeah, go up there. You'll probably like advice. that a little better. Yeah. <laughs> that's good advice. <laughs> and they do. They do tend to like it a little better. Yeah. So when did the USO shows come along, and when did you – I started those right when I moved down here. So, yeah, uh, you know, uh, of course, it started just after uh, 2001, after 9-11. Right. Is, yeah, when, when the troops started heading over there. So I think my first trip was either at the end of 2002 or beginning of 2003 is when they started. So uh, knowing that you are an ex, you know, you're a vet. Yeah. Can you call it your vet if you're not yeah, a, in yeah, combat? You're, yeah, you're a veteran. You, yep, you still get to call it. I get okay. to use it. You yeah. use the VA? And I, I do some surgical work on dogs, so I use it either <laughs> way. <laughs> Wow, you're a double threat. I double, I, like I double it all. Wow, that's great. <laughs> Vet in every sense of the word. I, I do it all. <laughs> um, did did that give you an edge, like an in I, automatically I think so. with the USO? Uh, I think so. In fact, I was the I my first trip was with I think four other guys, and I think I was the only one that had some prior service. That's got to uh, be your opener, right? I've, right. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I use that to. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was in the navy, and then it would make some jokes about myself. Boo. And that, yeah, exactly. Gets you some booze, <laughs> but but you're suckering them in because then you kind of turn it on them, right. you know, and they they kind of love it again. Yeah, being picked on. And, so these army guys out in the desert, what are their nicknames for navy guys? Uh, squids, bubbleheads. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. There's a, there's a, there's a lot of bubbleheads. Cu- there's a lot of cussing around with them. Right. Uh, uh, you know, just because you're on a ship with a bunch of guys, uh, a lot of right. gay jokes uh, sure. come out with it. Um, yeah, there, there's uh, <laughs> there's plenty, there, there's many. I <laughs> yeah, I, I can't even uh, remember the words. They're they're so eloquently. Uh, How many USO tours have you done? Uh, just to the Mid East, I've done seven. Um, wow. But I've also went to Europe and then um, Asia as well with them. But uh, yeah, the, the the ones in the combat zones, the Middle East, seven times. Yeah, oh between Iraq and Afghanistan. 
Any uh, scary incidences? There? Yeah, a couple, a couple ones. Um, uh, I actually, uh, I don't know if, if we if we've ever talked to this. I have a documentary. Uh, called Dying to Do Letterman. Yes, I was going to get to that later. You'll get well, your plug there's a, in. There's a You'll point in there. No, no, I was about to plug. But there's a, so we actually captured a scene in there, and uh, we, you and I were, saw each other at a show last night. Drake Witham uh, is a comedian. He was on one of the tours with me, and he was operating the camera. We were doing this documentary, and so he was handling the camera, and we just got done with the show at this base, and uh, it was in, in the chow hall is where they, they held the show. And as soon as we got done, they said, hey, you guys got to get to the bunkers. Uh, there's people – there's uh, insurgents shooting, um, uh, you know, mortars basically uh, onto the base. And what they do is they, they have these old mortars uh, from like, you know, that they got from the Russians that they don't even know if they work or anything. And they just – they'll drive up in a pickup truck, you know, hundreds of yards off the base and just shoot them and hope they land somewhere. And a lot, most of the times – the, the ammunition doesn't even work. Right. Uh, it just lands somewhere and, you know, uh, nothing happens. Uh, but there had been a couple at this base where it, it, it actually injured people at this chow hall. But this night, so we, we start running to the bunkers, and what happened is one of the ammunition uh, or one of the uh, mortars landed on where uh, the Americans keep their ammunition. Oh, so, so it, it set the whole thing it. up. So it, it just set it up. And so there's a, a scene in the movie. I mean, we're walking – you know, probably a thousand yards past it to get to the bunker, and it's already on fire. And then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. And I mean, I had seen so many movies, and to, to see it up close and to feel the shock of it. And then there was kind of this rain of, of uh, you know, the, there's the fire, and then just this just rain of like what looks like sparks, you know, in the air. And they're they're kind of flying down. And this girl grabbed me, this you know, uh, army girl. She grabbed me and she's like, "Don't you stand there? That's shrapnel. That's that's what that glowing shit." And she pulled me in into the bunker. <laughs> oh my and, god! Uh, it ended up going all night, just blowing up this this dump. And and luckily, no one got injured. And they, you know, once once it was kind of fired, they just had to let it, uh, you know, explode itself. And, so these guys hit the exact up. right target. Yeah, they, they were very lucky. And uh, again, but we were lucky. There was no no one got injured or anything. But it was it was pretty scary. And uh, I remember we went in after that. They eventually took us out of the bunker into a building. And uh, we were in the building, and, you know, things kept going off all night, and uh, everyone was, you know, uh, sequestered in, in different areas. But we were in this this concrete building, and the, the windows would shatter every now and then, so you'd be, you know, next to a window or something, and it would blow up. And, it, yeah, it felt really scary. And But we were hanging out I mean, with other comics, and, you know, I think we had just done a show, and so we were trying to put on a brave face. And people always say, say are you scared when you go over there? When you get off the plane or the helicopter – they're not scared, the army guys. You know what I mean. It's their job. It's routine to them. Um, so you kind of mob mentality put on that same face. Do you know what I mean? If, yeah. if I really thought about it, and, and when I think about that moment now, I get scared. I'm more scared than when I was in it because I, you know, again, you try and put on a face for right. it. But I remember walking down at one point during the night, walking past this room, and there was a uh, a marine uh, who was a pretty high ranking marine, and he was he was on the ground. Like, you know, uh, on his uh, butt, and he was crying, and there were two other Marines kind of trying to, uh, you know, console him, and like, it was going to be okay, and don't worry, we're safe, and all that kind of thing. But he was shaken up, and that, that once I, when I yeah. saw that, then it, it twisted, like, where I was, and that, that you know. Uh, right, so, if yeah, they're panicking, yeah. that's not good. No, not good at all. So the, that time, and then another time we were coming back after a show, we were flying in helicopters at night, and uh, all of a sudden the, the gunner on the side started shooting, and then you could see tracer bullets coming up like someone was shooting at us. Oh, uh, so that that was scary as well. Um, 
But uh, you know, it was crazy. It's, it's one of those weird moments in life. It was my. It was on my birthday. I was over there, and I had done a show that that night in like a bunker uh, that they had uh, they had set up, and there were troops from uh, like Poland. I'm Polish. I got some Polish background from <laughs> Chicago, uh, from Australia. All these different branches came to the show, so some of them couldn't even speak English, and they came to our comedy show, and. The guy after me uh, came up and said, "Hey, it's it's uh, you know it's actually Steve's birthday. You know they gave me this great ovation. And then he mentioned it was my birthday, and all the troops sang happy birthday to me right after this incredible set I had. And just comedy wise, you know, it's like a lot of times you could be killing it, and the audience still doesn't remember your name as much as they like you. Yeah. <laughs> so they all got to like happy birthday, dear, happy birthday, dear, happy birthday, dear." comedian (laughs) happy birthday to you and so it was so funny it was a great moment in my life and then we get on this helicopter we're flying back and right when we were getting that that fire and it felt dangerous i was like you know what if 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 i went now it would be okay i mean it was it had been such an incredible day like to to make these guys laugh and then have this special little moment where they sang to me and uh yeah it was pretty i'm so glad it didn't happen yeah uh, that nothing went wrong but uh, i remember feeling like okay you know uh, you're pretty lucky to have these experiences already. So, well, you brought up the uh, documentary. You did a documentary mm. called "Dying to Do Letterman." Dying to Do Letterman. Now, describe to the people what this is about. Dying to Do Letterman is uh, so. I started comedy in '99 in San Francisco. Uh, was down here in LA in 2005, and coming home from an improv, and had some pains in my side that eventually sent me to the emergency room, and they thought it was my appendix. And then when I woke up, a different doctor was there. Was an oncologist, and he said uh, we. It wasn't your appendix. Uh, we're not sure what the pain was, but we found tumors all over your, your liver. Uh, we're not sure how they got there. We're going to have to run some tests. We're not sure if they're cancerous. And sure enough, three days later, came back they were cancerous, but they had come from somewhere else. A month of tests later, they find it's in my intestines. Uh, so went through a bunch of surgery, a bunch of meetings, and it turns out they were able to remove a chunk of my intestines, which was the source, uh, but there's no treatment or cure for the, the tumors I had on my liver. Uh, luckily though, it wasn't affecting the operation of my liver. So they said, you know, hopefully we'll find some treatment or cure before this attacks your liver. And they said, uh, look, you, we've seen people live as much as 10 years with this. And it, it was obvious they were saying to me and my wife at the time that that was their best case scenario. So we we're like, well, what's the worst case scenario? And they said, mm, maybe five years. They're like, we're not sure though, because this could, you know, start growing rapidly at any time. So that was obviously a kick to the gut. I was in my early 30s to be told, you know, uh, worst case, you might only have five. Best case, you might only have ten. You know, it was a a shock. Um, So, you know, kind of dealt with all that, the stages you hear, you you go through being told something like that, you know, anger, depression, uh, all that kind of stuff. But when I kind of came out the other side, I asked myself, okay, if you really only have this amount of time. I didn't think I did, but if I really only had that, what do I want to accomplish? And one of my big goals, even getting into comedy, was was to uh, perform on the Letterman show. So this is as crazy as it sounds. In 2005, there was no no Facebook, no Twitter, no YouTube. Oh, remember so, those old right? days? Remember that? So I started a website called Dying to Do Letterman, and uh, I put my comedy clips up there. And I I asked people watch these clips if you think I'm funny enough. Hit this other link, and what that link would do was op- would open it so you could send an email to Dave and say, hey, this guy's funny. You guys should look at him. Because I figured, <laughs> you know, they're very New York-centric. Yeah. And here I am on the West Coast. I, I knew, I think as comics, anytime, well, you're, you're, you're pretty driven. I, uh, comic-wise, in, as far as getting into clubs and that kind of thing, I'm, I think I'm one of the harder workers in this business. But I, I still see what we do a lot of times, not just comics, people in life. You wait things. You, you, you think if you work hard, things will come to you. 
And it, and that's how I was kind of thinking. That's how all my clubs had kind of come to me. Like I worked right. hard and made a reputation, and people would hear about me, and I'd get more bookings. Uh, and so I kind of figured eventually that's how Letterman would come to me. They would hear about me, and I'd audition somewhere and that kind of thing. But now all of a sudden I realized I might not have that time right. to do it. So that's why I started this website. And very quickly, people came across it, and uh, you know, besides just sending uh, emails to Dave, people started writing me and saying, "Hey, this is inspiring what you're doing. Uh, I've had a dream that I've kind of been, you know, putting off, and I, I'm going to start chasing it as well, and that kind of thing." So it kind of took on a little life of its own, you know, right away. And then some friends that I know who were uh, in the TV business, and they had done a documentary before, they actually contacted me and said, "Hey, we heard about your project. We already sent an email to Dave." They're like. We know some people at NBC. Uh, would you would you be interested in Leno? And I was like, no. Uh, <laughs> and it's not because, of course, as a comedian, I would do Leno. Yeah, you are, but I, but, but that could my pinnacle was what you know it would change my goal. You know what I mean? And not only that, because um, does uh, Dave have a problem with you exactly doing Leno? Right. Yeah, that, exactly. There's a there's a it's little either an either or kind of thing. Right, yeah. Exactly. So uh, and so I'm I with said, you on that too. Yeah. By the way, Leno. I, you know, it's a nice credit, yeah, but of course. if you're going to have choose one or the other, I of would course. take. Of course, yeah, know. it's Letterman. And, and listen, Letterman was a uh, since I was a kid, he was the guy. He was our guy. He was the guy, and it, uh, it was nice once we started the documentary. And I talked to a bunch of comedians. Uh, you know, in the movie, I talked to to Kevin Nealon, uh, Brian Regan. Uh, I'm I'm missing a bunch of them. To Ray Romano, all these guys, Jim Gaffigan. That it was their dream as well to be on Letterman, and it just it just so happened that. You know, over the years, Johnny Carson retired. Letterman kind of became the show to do, anyways. But it, it was just a big deal because, as a kid, Letterman was my was kind of my hero. You know what I mean? He was our our Johnny yeah. Carson. And also for people who are not in the business, it, it's Letterman, especially now, doesn't really have a lot of comics on. Right. I mean, it's yeah. it's not easy yeah. to get on you, this maybe thing. maybe three or four new comics a year there's, yeah so there's the guy there in the rotation his, and then his old friends yes the old friends that come on good jimmy walker needs jimmy more time walker, exactly we need to bring him back on bob sarla <laughs> yeah, yeah all these guys right. yeah so sarla, uh, john so witherspoon who right, all those guys, yeah. you've paid these guys back <laughs> in tenfold dave i please. can't think of the other guy that's always on he opened for sinatra all the time do you know what I'm talking oh, tom dreesen tom dreesen yes, chicago yes, guy yeah, yeah chicago still puts him on god bless you dave yeah. but come on he's still yeah still on. so there was a, it's not an easy thing to get on yeah. on the show and so uh yeah started making some noise from the west coast and eventually they they heard about me i think they thought or at first it was a uh you know a gimmick like is this just like a make a wish thing is this was this guy even a comedian that kind of thing yeah. so once they kind of heard about it i had to set out to kind of prove to them that look i, I i'm i'm a, a good comic i'm deserving of this that kind of thing and so that's what so anyways that couple that asked me if i wanted to be on let out they uh, i said no but i've been putting a lot of update videos on this website my wife suggested we keep them and make a documentary at the end mm-hmm. we're not filmmakers would you guys be interested in doing it and so right away they gave me you know uh, a couple better cameras said start start filming everything when when we're in town and yeah if things come up uh we'll come and film it and uh you know it took about six years but we eventually had a, a documentary six and years six years and you were only given five I was only given and five that- and now it's been seven so yeah I've lived <laughs> past that there's now it's becoming the bittersweet thing where i'm happy i've lived the worst case but now i'm like oh my god now we're getting closer to the best case right uh but i feel healthy and i feel great that's there's great. been very very slow growth on on my tumors so i, I think that's going to continue and uh yeah I, I they'll eventually either find something that'll cure these or uh you know 
I've had a good life already. So you, that's I'm, a, I'm that's amazing. A good, I'm in a good place. So you've taken this film to festivals and stuff? Took, took it to festivals last year. It'll be available uh, at the end of the summer, early fall on Netflix and iTunes and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, we went to festivals last year. Right away, You know, we showed the movie first to a cancer symposium that I'm kind of involved with. So it's a bunch of people who, who are dealing with the same thing. And they loved it. We expected they would. It's in their wheelhouse. And then we showed it to our family and friends here in L.A., and they loved it, but of course they should too as well. Right. <laughs> so then we took it to our first festival in uh, actually in San Jose at the Cinequest Film Festival, which is a great film festival. Um, and the response was better than the other two places we showed. We, so we were so surprised. And so that ever since that point, we kind of realized there's this we we've created this thing, but now it's kind of taken on this little life of its own. It's kind of neat. Like so many people have become. Like I said, inspired by it, they they write me all the time, and they're like, we had the, we we came up with these dying two buttons where people can write what they're dying to do uh, on these things. Like, so people would come up after the thing, and they'd be like, oh my god, I you know you were dying to do, I was dying to go to Africa, and now they'll they'll email me and they'll send a picture of them in Africa, and they're like, I did it, I you know I stopped waiting and all this kind of thing. So it, it's really been neat, you know, this this little selfish dream I had in the beginning has turned into this this bigger thing. So yeah, uh, at the first film festival we won. Uh, both the audience and the jury award uh, at that film festival. And then uh, every other film festival we went to, I think for the first three months, we won uh, an award. We had more awards than festivals at one point. And uh, so, yeah, it, it's been an incredible run. And like I said, you know, only a few people have seen it at these festivals. So we can't wait to share it, you know, widely on iTunes and Netflix and all that kind of thing. And we had a book deal out of it. There's a book if people want to oh read the book version of it now, the people who do the chicken soup for the soul. Uh, heard about it, and I spent last summer kind of writing the book version of it, and uh, yeah, so it's exciting. It's a, so I don't want to give anything away from yeah, of the movie, do, but just, I mean, you've heard from the the Letterman people. I heard, and, I heard from Letterman, and uh, yeah, you know, I'll, not to spoiler alert, but uh, <laughs> yeah, there's only two endings we used to say to the movie: either yeah. either I died trying to get there, or I got on. So, <laughs> and I'm here promoting the movie, so that, that should tell you a little bit. And, but, uh, but so, yeah, I did get on Letterman, and it, it, it you know, um, but just like anything, it's you know the journey of it is all these mm-hmm. incredible things happen along the way. You know, I was telling you about the the Iraq story and the explosions, but so many other things along the way that happened that uh, the people who've seen the movie or read the book, you know, uh, seem to be inspired by you know the the continuous obstructions you hit when you're chasing the dream and kind of. Yeah, the disappointment and picking it up each time and, and, you know, do I give up? Do I give up? Or do you just keep going? Is this stupid? Am I just <laughs> ruining my life and others to, for the stupid dream? And, you know. Uh, so did Dave finally say that, uh, Jesus, you're a persistent kid. You know, he never. He, Enough with the junk mail. As strange as it is, I still don't know. If there's one late night host that it might be removed enough that I don't even know if that day, it was never mentioned the day I did Letterman. Mm-hmm. No one, and no one did. Uh, a few people on the staff. Uh, was Eddie Brill booking it? Yeah, then? Eddie Brill, okay. right. Uh, at that time he was. And so uh, Dave never mentioned anything of it. You know, I, I've talked to people <laughs> who who uh, wrote for the show and they, they've never even met Dave. You know, I think he's a little bit removed yeah. from the day-to-day operations of the show. So I don't know. I'm sure he knew about the Dying to Do Letterman project at some point. Someone mentioned it. But I don't know if he knew that day that I was that guy. Because he never mentioned it. He never said anything when he came over. All he did was compliment me and, you know, say great job and, and that kind of stuff. And a few other people, you know, said stuff to me that made me think, well, if they knew about the project, I think they would have said something. Do you know what I mean? Um, but so there were definitely a few people, like, at the staff, actually a couple writers and then uh, – um, 
the lady who was having handling the travel, she's like, I work in the office, and she's like, a bunch of us are going to stay that day and see you because we've been rooting for you this whole time. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, it was really cool. So uh, what's next in terms of, like, any place you want to go, anything you want to see before... Yeah, you know, uh, a lot of the the travel I did was when I was uh, when I was single or through these military tours and stuff. And thing, one of my favorite places we we talked about is Italy. Ooh, uh, here's your helicopter. Coming. Oh, that's it. It's coming to pick me up. <laughs> <laughs> the gunshots. Are yeah, nice. yeah. So you want to go to Italy? Back, I want to go back, back to, to Italy. Italy. Back to Italy. I think that's uh, it's awesome. It, it's unbelievable. Uh, and my wife has never been there. Come on. So really? yeah, she she you know sees the photos that I have. You know, they pop up on my screen. She's like, where's that? Where's that? And every all the gorgeous ones, I'm like, that's Italy. That's Italy. So she really wants to go. So I think uh, that's the next place we're going we're, we're gonna, to we're gonna plan on going together and, yeah, make a real vacation out of it. You hang out at the Naples armpit? <laughs> <laughs> we, we might skip Naples. But, you know, all the, the trips to Italy, I, I, there's still places I haven't been. You know, I've been to Rome and, uh, like I said, Sorrento, Amalfi, Naples. But I, I've never been to uh, Venice. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, never made it there on all the trips I've been. And you haven't been up north either? No, yeah, so none of the north places, no. Oh, so, that's great. So there's a lot of exploring, yeah, that I still want to do. It's an awesome, uh, awesome country. Yeah. How about you, Em? What's, what's your favorite place that you've seen? Oh, I can't. It's, it's hard a, to pick right? one. It's like a baby, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, uh, in uh, Europe, I do love Italy still. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. And uh, previous guests, you know, Tess Rafferty yeah. and Chris McGuire, who I believe are just... Uh, who are there right now and just got married. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. She just posted a bunch of stuff. Oh, wow. That's kind of cool. But that's her favorite place, too. Yeah. So it's talk hard to, to them because Although they are I, the experts. You know, I always see pictures like, uh, well, you were just over there. Did you get, have you been to like Prague? And I have been to Prague. Yeah, just I mean, there. Does that, does that Gorgeous. compare? It's beautiful. Prague uh, yeah. is beautiful. Uh, Krakow, I loved, yeah. too. Uh, Krakow was uh, a lot like Prague, but yeah. less touristy and maybe a little more affordable. Yeah. Um, yeah, we could. I could give you a whole list of yeah, places those, to check well, that's out. A, those are the other places that I think I want to see those as well. So I think, yeah, maybe maybe we'll make it a whole you know Europe trip to try and do the thing. Yeah. Well, now we, it's about time. Spend a, yeah, spend a month there. Now and, it's about time and money, really. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. But anybody who knows about time, you well, would. That's exactly you know? it. Time, yeah. Time is not always on your. Yeah, you. Always, we always think we have more time, right? Yeah. So now it's just yeah, coming up with the money and uh, and and saying, all right, let's find the. Let's force the time in there because, yeah, you never know. So where are the uh, websites and where can people find you? So you can check me out at uh, stevemazon, M-A-Z-A-N.com, stevemazon.com, and that will link you to any of the stuff we've been talking about. But uh, also there's a a website for the the movie and the book, dyingtodoletterman.com. Crazy enough, the the website that I started – for this this project has now become the website for the movie and the book and that kind of thing. It's kind of turned into that. So dyingtodoletterman.com, stevemazon.com. If you put my name into Google, those things will pop up and you can see videos of, you know, if you want to see me on Letterman and uh, that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, those places, my calendar's on there where you can see me do a comedy and, uh, yeah, all that. And I think, yeah, there's even some photos of me overseas and stuff if you want to see some of that. In your Navy outfit? Uh, I don't think there's any. Actually, there is one. There is a, there is one that you know shows up in the movie where it's talking about how I got to you know the beginning of the movie where where it's set up growing up in the Midwest and that kind of thing. And so there is one quick little shot of me in my squid uniform, my, <laughs> looking like looking like Popeye. Uh, Stay puff, marshmallow it's, man. It's in there. Yeah, we exactly. get this guy laid. We can't, we got no problem. <laughs> no problem. He's a sailor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's Steve Mazon, everybody. Thanks for coming, man. Thanks for having me, Mike. I appreciate it. Sure.